Doctor said you got PCOS. Now go on, girl, just lose some weight. Till I took the symptoms into my own hands and reversed them naturally. So I became a dietitian to help my sisters feel the best they've ever felt. Take a step in my direction if you wanna prove them wrong and take control of yourself. Join a sister and a Welcome everyone to another episode of A Sister and Her Mister. Today we have Kaylin Lowry. She is a television personality, book author, social media influencer, and a mother of four. She's also on MTV's hit TV show, Teen Mom 2. On her podcast, Coffee Convos Podcast, she revealed that she's been newly diagnosed with PCOS and doesn't know where to start. Today, we'll dive in and answer all her questions so by the end of this podcast, she feels confident in her next steps and a lot less overwhelmed by PCOS. Welcome, Kale. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hear that email that keeps going off. I'm sorry. I don't no know. Worries. Okay. No worries. <laughs> but uh, we were listening to your podcast. It was so interesting how your diagnosis, your diagnosis with PCOS with, with, uh, was met with a lot of confusion. First yes. and foremost, that you like, didn't know what it was for a couple of days and you were really worried that it could be something else. And could you like talk us through a little bit about that first like, couple of days of uh, finding what it was and like the, some of the feelings you had about it. So I, I started talking on the podcast, I think in December after my fourth son was born, um, about the super heavy bleeding that I've actually experienced for several years. Um, but I really didn't tell anyone or do anything with it because it didn't just heavy bleeding really didn't feel like anything. I didn't know it could be anything, but as, um, as soon as I said that on the podcast, um, people wrote into me. I had just like an overflow of DMs and things like that, like saying I should get it checked out. And even at first I was like, no one's going to listen to me. Like they're going to say, okay, you have a heavy period, maybe get on birth control to lighten it and that'll be it. And that's kind of what happened. But I, I kind of pushed for my um, GYN to get me to order lab work anyway. And with the lab work, he also ordered an ultrasound and the ultrasound did show cysts on my ovaries. Um, And so he, he actually still didn't believe I had PCOS. He's like, there's no way, like you have four kids, like there's no way. So I was like, okay, well, the testosterone test came back super high. So -hmm. that's when he was like, you were right. You have it. Like you have PCOS. And I was like, okay, what do I do with this? And he's like, well, we can put you on metformin um, and really just see how it goes from there. So I said, okay. And I went about, you know, my life and started, um, metformin. And I, I don't really have any information other than I have PCOS and metformin may or may not work for me. And I should probably do keto, but then I should also be gluten-free, but maybe I should also be vegan. And I just <laughs> like, don't do too much cardio, but you should do cardio because you're trying to lose weight. And I, so long story short, I, I don't have a whole lot of answers other than PCOS, metformin, which I actually took myself off of because of the side effects um, and was prescribed extended release to maybe try to see if that would give me um, some relief on the side effects, um, but potentially give me the jump start that I was looking for for the diet because um, Dr. Freinberg was the one who told me that maybe don't take, don't eat so many carbs on it, which is fine. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my um, 
summary of the diagnosis of PCOS is getting the diagnosis, being overwhelmed and having no real answers. Yeah. Wow. That sounds awful and very similar to so many women's diagnosis experience and including the part where you hop onto Google and you're like, what the heck is happening yes. and start looking up like your symptoms and yeah. freaking out. Especially being told like all these different diets yeah. and stuff too, because I think time you were told the same thing. You were you were told to eat less, yeah. work out harder, and then just focus on the calories the and whole, calories out. Everything you just said about like, oh, and keto and let's cut calories and let's work out, hundred percent been there. And it's great that you were an advocate for your health and you demanded that you have more blood work done and you insisted that this might be PCOS because it's so often overlooked and um and women are always silently suffering. There's yeah. so many women who like aren't getting the proper diagnosis and just sweeping symptoms like irregular periods and heavy periods under the rug. So it's yeah. great that you really investigated your health. Well, I think when I had the ultrasound for um, with the blood work, my doctor mm -hmm. was actually on medical leave for something for about four four or five weeks. Yeah. So I got the results for the ultrasound on my ovaries before he came back. And in the description, it said the differential was polycystic ovary syndrome. And he still didn't want to, like when I finally did talk to him, it wasn't until he looked at the, the lab work that he was like, okay, yes. Like he didn't believe it even with the, with the ultrasound that's literally said it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. just for anyone wondering too, and including yourself, Kale, basically with PCOS, you need two out of three symptoms. So okay. one is ovarian cysts, two okay. is um, irregular periods, and third is hyperandrogenism, which is basically elevated testosterone and, and other male hormones. So it looks like you definitely had one. So your doctor or two, and, actually, well, two, three. yeah, with, yeah, with two with the regular periods. I listened to podcast episode on this and you have all three. Yeah. But you know, facial hair, acne, weight gain, irregular. That's treatment. really the weight gain for me. Um, and I said this on my podcast too, was um, in the past, like prior to my fourth son, I've always been able to kind of like adjust my working out or adjust mm. my, my food, what I was eating. And I would kind of lose weight or gain weight according to that. I never, it fluctuated, but it was at my control. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, once the heavy periods, and then I really thought about it and I'm like, okay, I've had acne for all of my adult life. I actually went on Accutane for it. Um, the weight gain, all of that was like, wow, this is all making sense. But I didn't know if the, er, the heavy bleeding, is that also irregularity or is that separate from irregular period? It is considered irregularity because women with women in general, we normalize having heavy periods, cramps, things like this. And it's not, it, it's not necessary. We don't have to be suffering every time we're on our periods. So if it's really, really heavy, that's irregular. Okay. You know? So you can have a period that's seven days, 28 day cycle without pain. And that's, that's possible and for everyone. And so we, we just like normalize. It. And so we think yeah. that it's okay. And you know, I, I wouldn't blame you if you didn't go to the doctor because you were like, oh, I just have a heavy period. You yeah, know, everybody has this situation like that's what the I, I knew it wasn't normal because I promise you, I don't I'm not exaggerating when I say I would even now will change my clothes three to four times a day. Yeah, because I'm not just bleeding through a little bit. I mean, I've had to leave my son's football game, you know, yeah. things like that. And I knew that wasn't normal, but even my fertility doctor and I, I don't I don't want to throw him under the bus because these are obviously his opinions, but um, 
he said that PCOS is not necessarily consistent with a heavy period. It's more of like an, um, a period, a missing period. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was frustrating for me because I felt like he wasn't really listening to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, you know, you have to be an advocate for yourself and you are. And so that's why you're at this, you're, it's great that you're investigating what's going on and coming on our podcast and being vocal about it and talking about it, because it's just so common for doctors to misdiagnose it, overlook it, or even give suggestions like or give suggestions that like, for, yeah. for example, we can talk about keto for a second. Kale, have you looked into keto? Is this something that you were like interested in when your doctor suggested it to you? Um, I knew what keto was, but I, from the day I heard about keto, which is it's fairly new to me, um, mm-hmm. hearing about it within the last like year or two. I know for myself and my personal like lifestyle, that is just not sustainable for me. Um, not something that I, I want to do. I, it works great for people who can do it, but for me, I just don't, I wasn't interested. Um, and just knowing what I know about like dairy, I just feel like I wouldn't, that's not something if I'm already having hormonal issues, I don't want to then turn around and eat a ton of cheese and like, Mm. you know, it's just not for me. Yeah. Yeah. With keto, it's so restrictive. Like you said, it's hard to follow as a lifestyle. And with PCOS, Mm -hmm. if you want to reverse your symptoms and keep them at bay, you want to find something that's something you can maintain a lifestyle, Mm -hmm. a diet that you're happy with, like basically forever too, because unfortunately PCOS isn't curable. Hopefully one day it will be, but for now you can only put it into remission. And the only way to do that is through finding the diet and lifestyle that you can maintain forever. But when it comes to keto, like, yeah, some people can do it for three months, but imagine for the rest of your life, you can't have pizza. You can't have something with bread or all those things. And uh, that's why we don't find it to be a sustainable approach for anyone with PCOS because it may give you success in the first three months, but after yeah. when you stop, you're basically back to square one. Right. So it's a it's a very popular topic actually in the PCOS yeah. community. Everyone talks about keto, and, and that's like one of the first things that they're told. And um, yeah, I want to jump into that a little yeah. because it sounds like um, you were prescribed metformin. It sounds like you have a bit of insulin resistance. Mm-hmm. I definitely have insulin resistance. Um, yeah. Well, I say that based on my web my WebMD diagnosis. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, I mean, if you were prescribed metformin, they probably saw your blood work, yeah. your blood sugar, your insulin levels. Your and, blood work should have said yeah. something about insulin resistance. So a lot of times when you're insulin resistant, they tell you to go on keto and cut out your carbs because carbs are what trigger your blood sugar to go up and your body to release a bunch of insulin. And that insulin hormone is the hormone that grabs the sugar in your bloodstream and puts it into your cells. So your cells can burn it for energy. Right. But now if you have a lot of insulin spiking all the time from, um, having high blood sugar, whether it's from eating carbs, whether it's from being stressed out or eating inflammatory foods, Um, dairy can really spike insulin levels. Now your cells get numb to the hormone insulin. And then that numbness is basically insulin resistance. So your cells are resistant to that hormone insulin. Insulin can't give your cells the sugar from your bloodstream to burn for energy. Now it's metabolic dysfunction. Your metabolism isn't working properly. You're not able to burn what you're eating. And 
that's when we start to gain weight uncontrollably. And also the insulin hormone triggers the high testosterone mm-hmm. that you're experiencing. Okay. Yeah. And then when you have high testosterone, you struggle with period issues, um, acne, facial hair, hair loss, weight gain, ovulation, mood, uh, and ov- not being able to ovulate and mood issues. So insulin resistance is really just the epicenter of 80% of women with PCOS, the, the problem comes down to insulin resistance. And they, and oftentimes doctors, because they're not dietitians, because they haven't really studied metabolism as much. The first thing they say is to just cut out your sugar, cut out your carbs, just stop the, the source that's directly raising your blood sugar. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's why they suggest keto, but the truth is, and you know, with recent research and like I'm a dietitian, so I've studied this a lot. So many components affect your blood sugar control and just cutting out carbs is like a shortcut and not a long-term solution for this. So that's why we have our, you know, PCOS friendly lifestyle. There's so many things that affect your blood sugar, whether it's stress management, whether it's what time you eat, if you're doing a 12 hour fast, that can be really helpful doing intense workouts. Um, you know, oftentimes we're diagnosed, we, we really want to lose weight, this and that. So we start doing intense workouts, but that's going to affect our blood sugar. And, And then you don't lose weight because again, you're fueling insulin resistance and making that worse. So It's so interesting how we're told, you know, cut calories, work out more, but that's actually ruining our metabolism, ruining our blood sugar control, making it harder to lose weight, more devastating. And then we continue to gain weight uncontrollably. So I hope that my like summary of insulin resistance helped. I really like explaining. I I actually didn't totally. No, I I didn't understand what insulin resistance meant. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just kind of was like, okay, like we'll try this metformin and, you know, hope it works. But um, it's crazy how just how everything is connected, right? Like I, but my, I guess my biggest question is, do you think that it's possible that I maybe developed PCOS and I didn't always have it? So you, um, PCOS is a combination of genetics and environment. So Mm -hmm. if you have the genes for PCOS, given certain environmental circumstances, it'll manifest. I I think that's what happened to me. Yeah. Like one out of five women have this gene, this issue, and it's passed down generation after generation in the form of insulin resistance. So even the slightest bit of insulin resistance can trigger PCOS symptoms. So if there was diabetes in your family or insulin resistance, then it could be passed down to you. And then given a circumstance, given a certain, you know, a high carb diet, a stressful lifestyle, working out a lot, then it can manifest, but then you can change your lifestyle and it can go back down. Okay. Okay. That's, that makes sense to me. I just, I, like I was trying to describe to the, one of the PAs that I saw the other day for the egg retrieval, I asked her the same question. She's like, no, she's like, typically you always have it, but I haven't always had these symptoms. Mm -hmm. They kind of developed over time. And then I was able to connect the dots and go to the doctor and all of that. Um, So that all is making sense. So where do I start? Where does, where do I start? Where do other women start when they find out they have PCOS? Like what, what do you suggest? 
figuring out what type of like what the root issues are. And so that's what you've kind of done already. So we know it's insulin resistance. Yeah. What are the let's talk about the four types of PCOS. So sure. Insulin resistance is one of them. 80% of women with PCOS have insulin resistance. Second one is inflammation, which almost all women with PCOS have is chronic inflammation. You can have a combination of types. Uh, third one is adrenal fatigue. And then fourth one is hypothyroidism. So basically you can have a combination, you can have inflammation and insulin resistance. And usually if you have insulin in one of them, that's like, that could be the main driver. Yeah. So what are some of your symptoms other than, so we know you have insulin resistance, um, tell us some of your symptoms and we can kind of deduce what type of PCOS you might have. All right, babe, let's take a moment to correct our posture, take a deep breath and have some pure spectrum CBD. Sure. Hey, sisters, CBD can help with acne, inflammation, anxiety, sleep, and so many other PCOS symptoms. I personally take it throughout the day to help keep my stress hormones nice and low. Not to mention, I sleep like a baby every night and I don't wake up fatigued at all. Now open your mouth, please, so I can give you a serving. Ah. Now hold it for 60 seconds. Head over to PureSpectrumCBD.com and use the code VILSISTERHOOD, one word, for 10% off. Can I stop now? Nope, you got 30 more seconds. Did you hear about that sister who took Ovacetol and finally got her period after a year of not having one? Incredible. I see those kinds of messages on Instagram a lot. How does that even happen? Well, Ovacetol helps with healing insulin resistance, a common root issue that most PCOS sisters have. And by targeting insulin resistance, we're seeing sisters kick those crazy cravings, finally regulate their periods, ovulate, and improve their egg quality. Each packet of Ovacetol has a 40 to 1 ratio of myo-inositol and d inositol This ratio is similar to the ratio that should be found in the body, but with women like me who have PCOS, this ratio is often imbalanced. So taking Ovastol can be super effective in treating insulin resistance starting from the root of the issue. So awesome. It tastes like nothing. So just warn me when you put it in a cup so I don't drink it. You got it, boo. Check out the link in the description to get 15% off your order. Okay. So I have, um, I was having the acne before I went on Accutane. And now it has come back a little bit, but it's not full blown like it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely think I have the insulin resistance. Um, I do have, I don't know if this is important or not. I have carb crazy cravings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. insulin resistance. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and I have not been able to lose any type of weight. I, I don't have the, um, the abnormal hair growth yet, or, or I hope I don't get it. Unfortunately, I don't, I don't want to offend anyone, but I don't, I hope I don't get that. Um, but the, the weight gain has been rapid. I mean, I'm talking in two weeks, I, I couldn't fit into my jeans anymore within two weeks. And I literally panicked, like something is going on. So I'm, I don't know if that's weight gain or inflammation or if it's both. That's usually insulin resistance because the insulin is because of the insulin resistance, you can get hungry, like 30 minutes or an hour after your last meal. So it doesn't make sense. Like you're like, why am I hungry? And the food that you're eating, unfortunately, because of the insulin resistance doesn't convert to energy. Instead, it gets stored in the body. So it's like this two things happening. You're constantly having cravings and the food you're eating isn't being properly um, uh, converted into energy. Okay. Okay. So, and I mean, that's why most doctors will recommend metformin for it because it's like a 
it yeah. can in their eyes it's a quick fix but unfortunately it doesn't really get down to the root cause of the insulin resistance it's not yeah. really fixing the insulin issue there's so much to say about metformin and let's definitely circle back to um, ovacetol this great supplement that works just as effectively as metformin um, without except without the side effects and it's natural there's a lot of studies on inositols so we'll get into that but let's deep dive into your pcos type before i like go on that yeah yeah so it it sounds like It sounds like she has insulin resistance. It sounds okay. like she has inflammation. inflammation, the acne. I mean, this isn't a diagnosis, but I'm yeah. just saying like, this is, this is what it looks like yeah. to me. And you would know if it was a thyroid issue, they would yeah. tell you through your blood work. So that's also, I remember from listening to your podcast, um, you said that you were really tired. You had a really hard yes. time getting out of bed. Yes. So In the morning, it, it's yeah. I, my kids come wake me up. Um, like when they get up and I still struggle. I'm and it's gotten worse. I wasn't always like this. Yeah. Um and I don't I, people will be like, oh well you have more kids. You have four kids. You're so and I'm like, no, no, no. Like you're you're not understanding. Like I'm so tired in the morning. I'm drinking three, four cups of coffee a day to try to get through and like push through. I'm so yeah. tired. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like you have a combination maybe of the three types of PCOS, inflammation, insulin resistance, adrenal fatigue. And before you launch into diet changes, it's really important to get a hold of lifestyle changes because this really complements the diet diet part. And the diet part is a little bit more challenging and I'm about to like go into gluten and dairy free. But so as for lifestyle, um, oh my God, there's so much to say. What kind of workouts do you like to do? Um, I hate cardio, if I'm being honest. Um, I really do. I love, I used to love CrossFit, um, but I noticed that again, I just like wasn't losing weight and it was, it was really intense. So I stopped doing CrossFit and I started doing this um, resistance, these resistant band workouts. But again, that was even more intense than CrossFit, I would say. So then Mm -hmm. I just went to light weight training and I felt really good there. Um, but my doctor, my fertility doctor said that that's not enough. Like I need to do cardio. And so I'm, Mm. I really just like to weight train. I don't want to run on a treadmill. (laughs) You should do what feels good. And if, and that's for most women with PCOS, light weight training, I mean, with like 10, 12 pounds, whatever, not anything crazy. Yeah. Well, I I think Tanya was relating that to lifestyle. And the reason why is with lifestyle, you want to basically control your stress and how much stress is impacting your day to day, because that's only going to raise your cortisol levels. And women with PCOS have have trouble regulating their cortisol levels. So, uh, you know, when you have when you wake up in the morning, your cortisol is at at an all time high, which is normal because you wake up and then as you eat breakfast and you go through your day, your cortisol is supposed to come down. And at night, your, your cortisol is basically non-existent and your melatonin is higher. That's how you fall asleep. And then the next day, everything starts over again. But what happens when you do like really intense workouts is your cortisol will spike back up maybe middle of the day. And then because of PCOS, you're not able to lower it back down. So you're falling asleep with high cortisol. Then your body is not really getting a great night of sleep. Then you're waking up feeling really tired, feeling like you can't get out of bed, feeling like you got four people around you that need something from you, you know, like, so that's, that, that could be the reason why you're waking up feeling really tired. Yeah. Um, of course, if you're 
it, it could be from a workout, it could be from just stress overall, or it could be like different lifestyle things impacting you? Well, I definitely think um, with PCOS and not being able to lose weight, I've now crossed the threshold of just being obese, right? So I'm probably facing some challenges from that separately now. So it's becomes more than just PCOS. Now it's, mm -hmm. I, I need to lose weight in order to start lifestyle, you know, like I need to make these lifestyle changes in order for me to lose weight. So I don't face other things for obesity. Does that make sense? Yeah, right. totally. Yeah. And they honestly, they go hand in hand. And I think Tanya can kind of continue where I left off from lifestyle and kind of focusing on the diet yeah. going together. Cause it's, I, I know exactly what you mean and you can still work on both together right. and with long, with like a long-term um, view, you can get, like, get those results like simultaneously. Yeah. Okay. You kind of have to shift your mindset. I know it's really scary, but you have to shift your mindset from weight loss to healing the metabolism. So okay. if you're focused on weight loss, then you're a dog. And you know, again, I don't want to like bash any doctors, but the whole like workout more, do cardio, let's burn right. some Cut calories, calories yeah. break a sweat, this, that. That's it's, short term. It's short term. And it's not thinking about metabolism. Now, if you're doing those intense workouts, like Sirak said, you're pumping your stress hormones and that's going to make you gain more weight in the midsection. It's going to make you more fatigued. You're already struggling with adrenal fatigue, which is something that happens to a lot of women with PCOS. And honestly, you'll find that doing these lighter workouts, maybe three times a week max, only if you feel like it, if you're not too tired to do it, I never say push yourself, you'll actually lose more weight. And even going on a walk instead of a run, you'll actually lose more weight because it's relaxing. You're reducing your cortisol and that's how you heal the metabolism. And now your metabolism is working properly and the food you're eating isn't storing as much as fat. It's, it's moving, yeah. it's burning. Right. It's, we're okay. working the metabolism properly. Yeah. We're not playing the calorie game. You yeah. Know? And the way that works is that like, you're not focusing on losing weight during the workout. It's more about what happens after the workout. For okay. example, when you do lightweight training, your metabolism will actually increase up to three days after you're done with your workout. And as you add lean muscle, your body actually permanently increases the metabolism because muscle requires more energy. Um, so when you have more of it, your metabolism is by default higher, even when you're sitting down working, because it just need your body is always needing energy. So that's why we talk about it's like you do your workout for 30, 45 minutes, mm -hmm. but the results come afterwards when your body has a higher metabolism. It's better to um, uh, it's also better at insulin resistance, because when you have more lean muscle, you have more storage for glucose, therefore giving you uh, helping you with the insulin resistance. So already two things are getting better after your workout. Yeah, I definitely have to say that being in the public eye and kind of dealing with this right now has been. Um, in harder than I thought, um, mm -hmm. because, you know, all of everything that I do is, um, based on my, my image and what I look like and how much weight I I've gained or lost. And so I, I feel very like overwhelmed, but also desperate for, for, to lose weight and to make these changes. And I went to see a doctor for, um, the gastric sleeve. That's mm -hmm. how desperate I am for changes. And that was one of the things that that doctor said to me was like, oh, like, well, if you get this surgery, like a lot of our patients have PCOS and well, these will, this will re really reverse these symptoms. And, um, 
in my head, I just go back and forth. Like I want to make the changes the right way. Um, you know, this yeah. surgery is not for everyone. And I definitely think that I, I can do this on my own with the proper resources, but finding resources that work for me have been, has been really challenging. And yeah. when yeah. I was talking to that, to that specific doctor for the, for the sleeve surgery, he told me that walking doesn't count because you have to go through like a series of, um, you know, like nutrition appointments and like all these other things. And he asked me like, how much do you exercise? And I said, well, you know, sometimes I'll just walk or I went kayaking last weekend, which is, you know, that's something I really love to do. And he was like, you know, those things don't really count. And I was like, okay, I I can't win here. I have, you know, I have to work during the day. I have my kids. I have, you know, all of them are in different activities. I don't know how I'm supposed to do everything all at one time, you know? Yeah. You know, there's two, in my opinion, there's two avenues to treating PCOS. There's the conventional attitude where you're prescribed the pills, you're told to get surgery. There's no talk of the metabolism or the root issues or what right. the heck and why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's the second route, which is functional medicine, naturopathic medicine. They right. do lab work. They look at specific lab ranges. It can for take your, a bit longer. It, you know? it can take a bit longer, a little more investigation, a, a little bit more expensive because you have to pay out of pocket. There's lots of books about it and there is not enough research about it so that conventional doctors can apply it to their practice and conventional doctors often don't keep up with PCOS because there's so many things for them to keep up with. I'm not trying to blame them. There's so many different Mm -hmm. diseases and metabolic syndromes. Which one are they going to read about and keep up with every day? Right. 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 So it's up to the person, you and I, to advocate for our health and figure out what we want to do. And if you want to do a natural um, approach, if you want to figure out the root issues and heal the metabolism and reverse your symptoms and spend a little more time and patience figuring that out, then you can do that. And there's a whole bunch of women and people and doctors who um, will support you through that. It's just up to you which avenue you want to take there's no right or wrong answer, you know? Yeah. And I think the only thing to be aware of is that like, when you get down to the root issues, like time was talking about, although it may take longer, big picture, you can really reverse some of these symptoms and keep them in remission. Whereas, and this is the talking out of experience from like comments and DMS that we we get all the time is we've had sisters who say, Oh, I I had the the sleeve done and it's the weight came back or I'm still having the same issues. And I think it's not healing the metabolism, which is the problem with PCOS. Yeah. Like you get a sudden change maybe. And then maybe after a couple of months, it starts to come back because the same issues that was happening is still continuing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense to me. That definitely makes sense to me. I, um, when you, cause I, I do follow your content on Instagram. Um, and when you decided that for you, you're going to, you, I think you do cut gluten and dairy. Um, how, how did you start without being overwhelmed? Mm, That's so great. So with gluten and dairy free, I, back when I did it, maybe it was 10 years ago or something. There Mm -hmm. were no resources, resources. Instagram was new. I was very confused. It took me a whole year to get it down and get it together and really like understand what I need to eat. Stop making mistakes when I was eating out or ordering food and stuff. So it's really important to be patient with yourself. And so right now I like to help women by saying, just start with one meal, start with breakfast, 
and start with only yeah. gluten first. Exa- right? Start with gluten free first. Start with breakfast. You don't have to wake up tomorrow and be perfect at it. Just start somewhere and it'll slowly develop. So cho- so we're creatures of habit. There's only like three breakfasts that I rotate through anyways. <laughs> so it's like, it's either a smoothie or it's oatmeal with protein powder in it. Or eggs. Or eggs. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah I think what time, it's a great point to like, basically you want to start with breakfast and do that for just one week, making breakfast gluten-free. And then once you do that one week or maybe two weeks, whatever you feel comfortable with, whatever you feel comfortable with, then you start doing lunch Yeah, and then you start prepping dinner Yeah, and just yourself some time to gradually get into it. It could take probably like a month for you to fully get used to it at this point with the resources that are available and I'll send them all to you. Don't worry. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then once you do that, you can like start with dairy and then breakfast, lunch, dinner, slowly, just like same process with gluten. And then eventually you're like, Oh crap, I'm gluten dairy free. Yeah. It's not so bad. It's just like bread and pasta. Honestly, it's like not that many things. It's I said, I put into Google, like what to avoid for gluten right and it literally was like everything that I eat that's where I was tell us tell us some of the things that you're overwhelmed by like what are some of the foods you eat that you don't know how to replace or um so we just everything I guess um pasta bread um I mean my kids they love anything that is carbs just like me so we eat pasta a lot for dinner um fruit we eat a lot of fruit and I know that has a lot of carbs in it, right? So, yeah. but it's all carbs, gluten? No. No. Um, gl- oh, go no, go, you go. You do that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I keep cutting. Go- so all carbs are not gluten. Gluten is actually a uh, grain. It's a wheat. It's a protein found in wheat. Okay. So gluten is going to be in anything that has wheat in it. So if you're eating bread, you'll have to swap that. If you're eating pasta... pasta You'll swap that. There's lots of delicious, healthy, gluten-free like pastas. Yeah. Yeah. Although we do recommend like when you're going gluten dairy-free, like you, you don't have to like focus on the processed ingredient food because the processed foods have like added sugars yeah. and stuff. So we recommend like um, going for like the natural, natural yeah, gluten like dairy-free. You can eat black beans or you can eat black bean pasta. It's really whatever makes you happy yeah. and comfortable. Um, but obviously just because you're gluten-free doesn't mean you should get gluten-free cookies, you know, yeah. and eat that all you want because right. that's not, that's yeah. not the point. And we'll, right. sorry, uh, we'll let you continue with the foods you were mentioning, but just to say too, like, if you're, you don't have to really, if you're going gluten dairy-free, fo- you don't have to focus on the entire family. You can still make a full meal that has gluten or dairy. And then for yourself, you just like make some minor adjustments. adjustments yeah. Client does this all the time when we have like family, yeah. family get togethers. Like my mom. Mom used to make me the gluten-free pasta in one pot and then regular pasta in another. And then the sauce and the ground beef and the tomato sauce, whatever she was going to put on top, she would just like put it on each one and give me the gluten-free one. And so it wasn't okay. like a big deal. Like yeah. Okay. Issue. yeah. Well, some, so some of the same things that I make for my kids, I can also eat. It would just be more of like the wheat products essentially. Yeah. And as for fruit, like that's gluten-free of course, but it's also sugar, it's carbs. And, and that's another component, understanding how much carbs your body can tolerate. Um, and of course you, you, I'm not saying do everything at once. So first you're going gluten-free and then you'll start thinking of dairy-free and then you'll start thinking of how much carbs you're having. So the thought process is kind of broken down 
we have a membership site where we like break this down into five stages. Okay. No, <laughs> that's it can be great. Really overwhelming. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, so so yeah. for, um, when, when people that you talk to or for you guys, um, when you're speaking about, um, carb tolerance, um, do you kind of get used to it over time? Like you kind of know how much, like, how am I, I don't know how to word this? Um, like, do you kind of get used to the amounts and what each thing has in it? So you kind of, it becomes second nature. Like, you know, yeah. okay, I can't have, you know, three bananas and, you know, two bowls of blueberries. Yeah. Like you kind of, because I think like having, um, like, I don't want to like carry around a, like a pen for the rest of my life and no, like, write no. down, like what's what. And so I, does it become second nature at any point for you guys? Or is it kind Absolutely. of, yeah, it really okay. does. Like what we suggest is first tracking your carbs with like one of those, um, my fitness pal apps sure. where you just like yeah. add it up just if, to see. Yeah. If you do that for like a week, your brain already learns exactly what is what. And after yeah. that, you don't have to do it at all. And speaking of carb tolerance, Natalia can kind of speak on this. But basically, we have like a regimen where you can like start with a certain range and have like a have like a checklist of how you're feeling. And then you kind of lower it until you find like a specific range that where you're feeling at your best Tell me, Maybe you can add some details yeah. to that. But ba I basically explained. Yeah, basically, you track on the on your app okay. and you try to eat around 150 grams at first. Tra I mean, first track what you normally eat just to see like where you're at and then try to eat around 150 grams one day. And see how you feel. Do you feel restricted? Do you feel cravings? Are you hungry? Like, what are your symptoms? Yeah. Or do you feel really full? Or you feel fine and you're yeah. full. And you're like, oh, this is a pleasant, like, I can stop here. Like, I could eat more, but I can also stop here. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Right. So then you would stay at 150 grams. But if you feel like it was too much or you're fatigued and you have like a blood sugar crash after your meals and it's not working for you, then you can lower it even more. You can go to 120 grams and okay. see, we're slowly lowering it. We're not going straight to keto. We're slowly yeah. lowering it to 120, 100 and seeing how you feel at the same time as gluten and dairy free at the same time as doing the workouts that aren't stressing you out. And this combination of things that you're doing will allow you to support your insulin levels, your insulin sensitivity, and you won't have to do something as drastic as just like chopping out all your carbs, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. I think part of my struggle too is, um, you know, my lifestyle and I don't have a set schedule every day. So if it's, if something that I'm, um, you know, say I'm due for like a snack or lunch or whatever, and I don't have something that I can have like within arm's reach, I'm going to order food. That's probably not best for me. And I think just getting a grip on that and, and trying to figure out, you know, what things I can take with me that I can eat that would work for me. So I'm not trying to eat things that are not good. Um, and kind of setting me back. I need, I need desperately need to work on that. Right. Yeah. I think meal prepping really helps yeah. with that. And we definitely understand like sometimes life is so busy. How could you plan lunch ahead of time? Because especially in your situation when you have four children. So yeah, I think meal prepping over meal the weekend prepping. can really help. Also meal delivery services. There's some oh, great yes. healthy meals. I just meals. started a yeah. in one um, just to see it was called, um, I think actually I have it in my email. It's, I want to say it's eat eat fresh or oh, hello fresh I hello think. fresh no i so i do do hello fresh for dinner because okay. um kids okay. <laughs> and um no it's called fresh and lean this is okay. um a vegan one because i wanted to try 
to see if I could do vegan um, and, and kind oh. of see what the food was like. So it's, I, I only have tried one week of it. Um, and I only tried one meal so far, but, um, and they're already prepared and you just heat them up, mm-hmm. but, um, the flavor is lacking. So I don't want to then turn around and eat something else because I don't yeah. feel satisfied. And so the balance of it all is, is hard. I want to dive into a vegan. Yeah. Just a little <laughs> warning. Yeah. It. I think it was a great point. You can go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nervous. I'm nervous. <laughs> okay. No, don't be, don't be. I no. think it's, it's all, it's all relevant information and it's not saying that anything is wrong or the no. other. It's more about just Explaining. letting, letting you be aware, letting yeah. everyone listening, be aware of certain diets and like what, okay. what's behind it kind of a thing. Sure. So cutting out animal meat is like, you know, moderately can be helpful. Having a more plant-based diet, extremely helpful for yeah. PCOS. You're detoxing your hormones, you know, the leafy greens, they're fiber. so good for you. The fiber is great for blood sugar control. You know, the, uh, the, the beans, for example, is a great source of carbs and protein at the same time. Yeah. Um, and it's gluten-free and everything. So for some people going vegan works for them. Um, what I've seen is when people are diagnosed with PCOS, women like us were diagnosed. We want to be really healthy. Vegan sounds like the cleanest diet. Let's do that. Sounds green, sounds healthy, but in actuality, you end up eating a lot of carbs because you're trying to eat protein. So beans, for example, a great gluten-free carb source has protein in it. And typically as a vegan, you would eat beans for your protein, but you would have to eat a lot of beans to get enough protein. And the ratio of protein to carbs is low, low protein, high carbs. And now the blood sugar issue, the metabolic dysfunction, we're on that roller coaster again. Yeah. So I, sometimes I post, um, pictures of my dinner because the plate is kind of like portion portion sizes are there. So I have like a fourth of my plate is chicken. A fourth of my plate is rice. And then half of my plate is the salad. And this ratio allows me to feel full because I'm having some carbs, feel satisfied, satiated because I'm having protein and also having the greens and the fiber detoxing my hormones, you know, keeping my blood sugar in check. And and this is really important because when you have a high protein to carb ratio, it's really helpful with insulin resistance it's, and it makes you feel full and it actually uh, the cravings will become less and less because yeah. their body is slowly absorbing the carbs because of the healthy protein and fats. But when, with the vegan diet, it's really difficult to have the high protein to carb ratio because everything with protein has carbs in it yeah and then that's when it can get really difficult to have that carb tolerance be at a regular level I can't tell you how many vegans I know that complain about eating a lot of sugar I mean eating a lot of chocolate and having cravings and I'm always like it's that insulin resistance and sometimes it's not good for some people just not everyone but some people it really doesn't work out nicely so that's good to know I felt like um when I first got diagnosed, that was one of the things that was like vegan vegetarian was a lot of the things that I was reading. Um, I don't really eat lettuce. Um, so like trying to do that would be hard for me, but I was like, all right, well, we'll just order these meals, see how they go. And if they're good, I'll just order them, you know, come just continue to order them. But I wasn't feeling just from one alone that I've had, I didn't feel satisfied. And I felt like I could go eat a whole other meal. 
I'm so with you. I tried it for a second once and I was like starving in an hour. I was yeah. like, I need a chicken. I need yeah. something. What the heck? I mean, not to mention too, when you don't have animal products, you're missing a lot of the key nutrients, like yeah, uh, B vitamin, vitamins. B vitamins. So like that could result you in feeling even more tired when you wake up in the mornings too. Okay. So that's good to know. I yeah. Blood yeah. sugar control has such a profound impact on fatigue. When you're tired in the morning, you know, it's not only because of your cortisol stress hormone dysregulation that you're trying to heal. It's also because your blood sugar could be low. And then when you have like a real, you know, a really sugary smoothie with lots of fruit in it, but no protein powder, that's going to send you on a blood sugar high. And then you're going to crash again and be tired again. And then the cravings and then you eat something blood sugar high and you crash again, the cravings. And so this roller coaster, you want it to be stable. You want to feel in control of your appetite and your blood sugar, mm-hmm. and then you'll be in control of your metabolism. And then your body will just do what it needs to do and burn what it needs to burn. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad we touched on some of this. I'm also glad that you touched on, um, you know, it's not reversible. Like you can't, I mean, it's reversible, but it's not curable because I thought that by reversing my symptoms, that means like my PCOS would go away. Yeah. Well, it, well that's true. you can reverse your symptoms into remission where you're keeping them basically yeah. where they're non-existent, not coming up day to day because you're like managing it so well. Uh, but it's, and yeah, like you said, it's not like a cure. It's more like putting them into remission, keeping yeah. it there by maintaining it. And okay. then uh, of course, like if you like don't maintain it, then it can slowly come back. Yeah, if you if you go back to what you were doing before, if you eat what you were eating before, <coughs> sorry, <laughs> my smoothie is stuck in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> then it'll all come back. But why would you do that? You're gonna right. you're gonna feel so good when you change your diet and lifestyle. You're gonna yeah. thrive. You like know? in your case, right, Tan? You were diagnosed about. <laughs> you're okay. You're tearing up. <laughs> but uh, like in in Thai, hazelnut was in my smoothie. The hazelnut. <laughs> This is daily harvest issues right now. <laughs> but anyways, I was just going to say that Talia was diagnosed about 10 years ago. And the first couple of years, she had a really hard time. Like, like in her own words, she was saying how she gained weight uncontrollably. She had cystic acne. She was, uh, she was experiencing light hair loss. And it was really getting worse and worse until she like found Dr. Felix Gersh. She found the right naturopathic doctor. And basically through that, she like basically reversed those symptoms. Like, as you can tell, she doesn't have, you know, the cystic acne anymore. She right. reversed the hair loss. She lost the weight and she, she's not gaining weight uncontrollably anymore. So, but the second I start eating cheese again, oh, it's bad. Yeah. Like you had the you acne know? in a couple of days, right? Yeah. Yeah. The next day. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think part of it, um, I know that we're running out of time, but um, no, we can talk all day. <laughs> oh, I didn't know if you guys had like a hard yeah. out, at, um, you know, three or whatever, but um, being afraid of trying something and it not working again, because I feel like yeah. that's kind of where I'm at right now is like, I'm afraid to to really try because I feel like everything leading up to this point has not worked for me. And then, yeah. and then I'm going through going to therapy and I'm like, am I not trying hard enough? Yeah. Um, and so that's been really hard. It's like, okay, when am I going to finally just like jump in and try because I'm not afraid to, you know, be disappointed again. So um, I'm really hoping I keep telling myself like, all right, tomorrow yeah. I'm going to start tomorrow. I'm going to start tomorrow. I'm going to start, but I just want to start. Like, I just want to know. 
that's part of PCOS trauma. And it, yeah. I am still traumatized by that to this day. There's this little voice subconsciously and way back in my head. That's like, you might not lose any weight, Talim. <laughs> this isn't going to work, even though it has worked and I'm yeah. fine. Right. You know what I mean, it's trauma. Right. You're traumatized. And I totally understand but if you shift your perspective, like I said, onto metabolism, if you shift right. your perspective to healing and nourishing and just feeling, doing the things that feel good, if it's kayaking and doing light weights and going on a right. walk, do that. And your, your body is saying yes to it. Keep doing it. Don't force yourself to do other things. Cause that's just going to make you fatigued and break your fata- metabolism. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. So where, tell me where I can get all of the things that you mentioned. So you said that you guys have, um, like online, I can sign up and get yeah. those. We have a membership site, the sisterhood, where we break everything down step-by-step step for you. Everything we talked about, we have really fun videos that Sirak edited of me, like talking about it and animations and stuff to help you change your diet and lifestyle and, um, also recipes and workouts with our slow weighted workout method. And then we have our course, the meal prep and workout course, which is a four week plan for anyone who wants to meal prep. I know Kale, you might not have time for meal prepping and cooking all day. So or not that it takes that long, but it's just no you yeah, no. time. <laughs> the meal prep. You have you have like two podcasts, a TV show, a YouTube, like there's just a lot for you to do. So I think that a meal delivery <laughs> service is great. Better for me. Yes, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, I did have one more question before we go. The, um, what was the supplement that you said? Oh, 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 oh yeah. Yeah. So that's like a natural supplement in inositol. And of course we'll, we'll, we can talk about that right after the podcast ends too, but inositol is basically a natural supplement. And the brand that we really like is called Ovacetol. It's basically an inositol supplement, but the brand is called Ovacetol. And okay. we really like it because the latest research shows that it has the same exact results as metformin. But okay. uh, in the research study, they basically compared metformin to inositol and same exact results, but metformin had five times the amount of side effects in the study. So you're basically taking a natural supplement versus a prescription and the, they had the same results, but the prescription is giving five times the side effects of like, for example, like, you know, uh, irritable bowel syndromes, like a diarrhea, like um, headaches, fatigue. So when we, when we look at those two things, it's like why what, the natural supplement to us sounds like the clear. Yeah, um, we have so many testimonials from people who took Ovacetol that it helped them with ovulation, yeah. egg quality, um, insulin resistance, of course, Lower, getting their period. Yeah. And even like making your period, not as heavy because it all comes down to insulin. Like I said, in the beginning, if you manage your insulin levels, then you're going to manage your PCOS symptoms so much better. And this supplement comes in a three month supply. And that's because it takes around three months for your egg to mature and ovulate and it can change the picture of your ovaries within those three months because it's targeting your insulin levels. And if you change your diet, you're targeting your inflammation and and your workouts and so on. So in combination with Ovastol, you're really getting to like the root of the problem. And after doing that for three months, you can see such a big difference in your symptoms and even the picture of your ovaries, like those ovarian cysts can disappear. 
if you do the things that target your inflammation, insulin resistance. And sometimes it takes like six months. Sometimes it takes a little longer, but it comes in a three month supply because typically three months yeah. of consistency is. So can I, do I order this online or do I have to get this approved by my doctor or no? You it's, don't need a prescription, but you can talk to your doctor about. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're already taking metformin, I know you said you took a break from it and you were looking into the extended release, but doctor, if yeah, you're, if you're taking a prescription, I would just recommend to run it by your doctor and let them know, okay. hey, can I take this? Some okay. doctors will say you can take both together, but we don't recommend it because it can kind of be too much. Right. So, um, yeah, I would just say, I would just recommend to talk with your doctor, but you can definitely, um, it's a natural supplement. You don't need to have a prescription for it. Okay. Um, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's the link in the description as well. We have okay, a perfect code. We'll, we'll send you some we'll info. We'll send it to you. Don't I'm worry. I'm gonna out. send you a care package. Though. <laughs> I don't know. It's coming in the mail. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Um, but did you did you find this podcast? I, I guess interview like uh, helpful. Did you, yes, did you feel I you recommend. Um, I can't wait to share this with all my listeners because I think they also could use um, this information. And I've had so many people write in and say that they have similar symptoms to me, but haven't been diagnosed. And um, and really just to help people advocate for themselves, because like you said, there's so many people who, and not by anyone's fault, but they, they will overlook it or they mm-hmm. don't really believe it because maybe they don't I, like, I don't have every single symptom, but I have a lot of them. So, you know, I think that it could be helpful for, for my listeners too. So I'm, I'm really excited to, um, to share this podcast with everyone. We're so excited to follow your PCOS journey. And I'm really confident that you're going to thrive with PCOS because you are truly an advocate for your health you are talking about it and making it known. And so many women are struggling just like you, and they're going to see you thrive with PCOS and they're going to do it too. And you're just going to be this major inspiration. So I'm so excited for you. Also, just to circle back to what you were saying earlier, you're very right that you're in the public eye and it's even more difficult to go through something like this when you're in the public eye, because most people, they're doing it in their private way, like in their, like no one knows about it. So they can like really dive deep into, but in your case, it can be more difficult because everyone knows you they're seeing you every day so it's almost like you have more pressure so we just want to applaud you for one coming here to talking about it publicly because that can be so overwhelming so i think like honestly like thank you for just speaking about it because it's for thousands millions of women that get to hear this conversation or or see your stories it makes the biggest of difference to them in their journey Thank you. Thank you for having me again. I really, I so appreciate it. Of Absolutely. course. Absolutely. Let it, do you have any more questions? Cause we'll stay on for another um, hour if you want. <laughs> I'm going to actually write some down. I would love to do a, you know, a part two or something in a couple sure. weeks so that, um, you know, after people listen to this, I can even ask questions that I get, you know, people yeah. might write questions to me. I can ask you guys, yeah. um, would love to schedule a part two at some point. Yeah. I think we're coming on your podcast. Right? Yeah. Not right. Yeah. yeah. I'm very excited for that. I definitely, like I said, it's going to help so many people. So I mean, if you have any questions or anything you want to talk about more that we talked about here, you can get them ready for us and we'll make that a whole like answering all the PCS questions episode. I feel like I could go on another hour long tangent about gluten and dairy. (laughs) We didn't have time and I just like bursting at the seams. Yeah, no, I I definitely think that should be, um, we should do that next week. And like I said, I can always come back if you guys want to do that. And I'm going to be camera ready next time. Okay. Sure, yeah. No worries. No, no problem. problem. Yeah. No worries. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Of Thank course. You. Oh, if you could just stand for one minute, we'll do we'll do the outro and we'll just yeah. talk for one minute afterwards. But um, thank you, thank you everyone for listening to this episode. 
Uh, we highly encourage you to go ahead and check out uh, Kyle Lowry's Instagram page. It's K A. Oh, sorry, K A I L L O W R Y is our Instagram account, and you can also listen to our podcast, Coffee Combos Podcast, as well as Baby Mama's Baby Mama's No Drama Podcast. Highly recommend both. And yeah, thank you everyone for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Talk to you soon. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come check out The Sisterhood. It's my monthly membership site where sisters just like you are learning how to move through the stages of PCOS. From stage one, cold and alone at the doctor's office, to stage five, nailing the PCOS lifestyle, gluten and dairy free. Get ready to finally feel in control of your body again.